Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome to the Tony and Dakota podcast. Today, we got somebody's first time being a podcast guest. (laughs) (laughs) This is Cecilia Espinoza. She is the managing broker at Shearer McCulloch. Did I say that Shearer McCulloch, yep. Okay. And she has her own real estate team, too, the Espinoza real estate team. Uh, Not only does she do the realtor side, but she also helps investors. She also invests in some property herself. Her husband's in real estate as well. She's been very helpful to us, helping us break into the Latino community. She's found us some contractors. Don't go to her and take our contractors. (laughs) This is Cecilia Espinoza. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for inviting me, guys. Yeah. It's really cool to be here. (laughs) So what got me excited about having you on Cecilia is that I was looking through John Good's uh, real estate mastermind and you were on the list of people talking about your story like your success story and I was like well I know that Dakota loves Cecilia loves doing business with her and I've seen you around a lot but I've never learned your story. So I felt like I was out of the loop. I was like, oh man, I know Cecilia. I know that she's like a really cool person. I just have no idea what her story is. And one of the things we talk about on this podcast is that everybody is just a kid from somewhere. Like you grew up somewhere. Yeah. How did you get, like, what was it like for you growing up? How did you grow up and how did you get to where you are now? Well, it is a really long story, uh, but I grew up in a tiny town. It's called Zaguayo in Michoacan in Mexico. Mm. Um, I have a really nice close family. Like we are all, uh, even if I live really far from all of them, we're really close. We're always in contact. We're always texting, um, FaceTiming all the time. So my kids are really close to their grandpas and their uncles, aunts. Uh, so that's that's really cool. Uh, my dad is a doctor. My brother is also a doctor. My sister is an accountant, and she's still studying. She's older than me, but she's still studying all the time, trying to be better. And um, so, yeah, basically, it. Uh, after I grew up in Saguayo, but when I turned eighteen, we we don't have college. Well, we didn't have a college in town, so I needed to move to Guadalajara. Guadalajara, tequila, mariachis, yeah, mm-hmm. the big city. I uh, moved to Guadalajara to study design. I studied design there for five years. I have my bachelor's degree in design. After that, um, I also study a master's degree in manufacturing systems. So I like I like to study. I like to learn. All everybody in my house, I guess. And after that, I got married, and I've moved here, to Fort Wayne, Indiana. That brought me here. Um, When I moved here, it was with the idea that a lot of us have, like, it's it's just going to be for one, two years, and that's it, for my older kid to improve his English and go back, Mm -hmm. and to teach him about different cultures, different religions, different, because in Mexico, we're all almost the same. You know, we have... Almost everybody has the same religion. The culture is like really tight. So I wanted to show my kid, my older son, like a little bit more of the world. But look at me here after almost 11 years. And yeah, and not planning on moving back. I love Fort Wayne, Indiana. I love our community here, the Hispanic community here. We still have the same values about family. Like it's a really strong value for us. And since a lot of us don't have family here, we adopted each other. So mm. that's cool. Mm. And you said when you moved to Fort Wayne, it was because of your husband. Is he an American citizen or did you end up getting American citizenship? Well, uh, we came because he received an offer, a job mm. offer. Now he is my kid's dad. We're not together anymore. Mm. But uh, that's how I came here and with a job offer also. So I, w- I started working at El Paraíso supermarket. It's a Mexican supermarket here in town. I was helping them to... Uh, it was more like to... to implement a system where they had like the the warehouse because they have different convenience stores and well i was 
trying to implement that kind of system for them. So I started there. Then uh, I had another baby, and my second child got diabetes. Uh, so I needed to quit because I needed to take care of my baby. But I cannot be a stay-at-home mom. It's just, I just cannot. So he was missing his um, daycare, and I miss doing something. So I started working as a preschool teacher wow. in his preschool. So I could take care of him at the same time that I was being productive and doing something, you know. Um, I was there for three years and when my little one was ready for kindergarten uh, I was like uh, now what mm -hmm. you know now, now what am I gonna do I I don't know what am I gonna do um, we bought a house in that time and I liked it so I asked the one who was my agent, that was Liliana Caro. She was really nice to me. And I asked her, like, hey, uh, do you need an assistant? Do you need someone to help you? I, I'm available. She's like, why don't you get your license? I think you have the skills. So it's like, yeah, you know, why not? And that's it. Wow. So you said you're a lifelong learner. Um, a lot of people, you know, go to school, they feel like, all right, I got my education, now I don't need to learn anymore. Um, what, what are you continuing to learn nowadays? Because obviously you got interior design, you're in real estate, or is there something that like now you're focused on continuing to learn now? Yeah, it, it has been more like a personal growth, more like a mindset, more like a personal development. Uh, how to be better with people, how to be better for people, how to be a better mom, how to... So it, I, I have been trying just to um, prepare my, my brain, my mind, my, myself to be a better person more, mm -hmm. than, more than just... In, because you can learn uh, about different skills. You can develop different skills. But I think if you don't have the right mindset, it doesn't worth it. Yeah. That's awesome. Are you on a SI? PSI? Yeah. Okay, good. I'll say that'll be perfect uh, for, for what you're learning. That's the, That's the seminar. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I like uh, what are you talking about. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Good. Of course I am. I'll say, yeah, that'll be up your alley then. So what's the biggest thing that you've learned so far that like you think would be helpful for other people like in your self-development journey? Work hard. Always do the right thing. If you do the right thing, you're going to be able to sleep peacefully at night, right? Mm -hmm. uh, everything is, everything is, well, what I, how I try to see things is like everything is a circle. If you do good for others, you're gonna mm -hmm. receive the same and, and again and again. So that's, that's what I try to be. Mm -hmm. Let's unpack that because I, I hear a lot of people say work hard. And I always like to actually clearly define that. So when you say work hard, like, can you define that? What do you mean? Working hard. Well, I have uh, a routine every single day. Uh, the people in my team, they, they check my, my alarms mm -hmm. <laughs> and they laugh at them because I have a lot of, an alarm for everything, for everything I do. I do the same every single day, the same routine during the morning to be able to improve my business, to help my people, and to be there for them. Uh, so I think consistency is part of working hard. Sometimes you just wake up and you don't want to do, you don't feel like doing anything. You just want to lay down. Mm -hmm. And we don't have a boss. We don't have a schedule. So if you are not consistent on what you do you can lose it really fast and there's not going to be more business for you because you're not going to be there for your clients for your people yep and yeah i was just listening to a podcast this morning actually with ed Milet. i don't know if you ever heard of him no but he's one of my favorite like self-development guys i listen to him a lot but um he talks a lot about how discipline which is what you're basically talking about routine yeah. is like kind of discipline um a lot of people think that the alarms would be like, man, that's going to get me tired. That's going to be like, you know, I'm going to have to do all this stuff every day. But then, like, realistically, what that does is it actually makes you to where 
you have more energy because you're not thinking about okay what do i got to do what are, what am i going to do here what you already know what you're going to do He's you easier. know yeah you know exactly what you're going to do and now it's just auto it's autopilot mode and then so the the biggest question that that i guess we have then is like I think the execution is almost the easy part. A lot of people think it's the more difficult part, but what I think is the difficult part is how do you make your routine? And this all kind of goes in together with, you know, we started this by talking about hard work, but then if you just continue to work hard and then you're working hard to end up over here and you really want to end up over here and you never course corrected, then I think that people can, can get in the habit of that. They work yeah. hard at something that isn't even leading them to where they want to go. So. Also, same thing with routine. They just get in the routine and they just get in autopilot mode. They keep doing the same thing over and over and over. Pulling data lists like vacant houses, mortgage foreclosures, and tax delinquent properties is important to direct to seller marketing. Batch Leads is the main platform where we store our sellers' data and skip trace owners for their phone numbers, emails, and addresses. On other platforms, you end up having to pay twice for the same contact if you've already skip traced it. My favorite thing about batch leads is that if you skip traced a contact once, you never have to pay for that contact again. Batch leads has SMS texting campaigns, direct mail marketing, and driving for dollars app integrated in a simple to use interface. Click the link below and try batch leads today. So how do you like draw up, make your routine, like create where you wanna go and then set your routine. Okay, here's my alarms. Here's why I'm doing it. How do you, how, what's that process look like for you? Okay, well, it hasn't been easy, but the main thing for me was to, because, well, I am a full-time mom, not just as a, a full-time realtor, mm -hmm. you know, and trying to, to have that, uh, I don't know, you, you need to, to, to put your values in place, like what is more important? Mm -hmm. And for me, it's my family, of mm -hmm. course, my kids. The, they are my why, they are my, my everything. I do everything for them. So having that in mind is just like, okay, I work around them. Mm -hmm. So what are this, their schedules? What are my schedules? And try to combine them. Mm. And so at the beginning of the year, we do like, what are our goals as a family? What are our goals as an individuals in our, in, in our house, even the kids and keeping that in mind is like, okay. And my professional goals are this. Mm -hmm. And based on that, I did my routine mm. and I have, well, I needed to took a look on the numbers for the past years, how many houses we have been selling, how, how many more we wanna sell this year and how we're gonna do it. So I have all of that kind of organized and I know how many appointments I need to have a week to be able to get to the numbers I wanna have at the end of the year. So that makes, as you said, like the routine so much easier because I already know. and. You need to have people around you to keep you accountable. I have a team that is amazing. I have another agent that is always pushing me. Olvin, that's you. <laughs> um, I also have a, an assistant that she is like a mom to me. Well, not that older, but uh, <laughs> she, she behaves like that. She's always on top of everything. It's like, Cecilia, you haven't had your, uh, you, you have had these number of, of appointments this week. What's going on? Like, keep working hard. We haven't wow. met the goal for this week, for this week. Mm -hmm. So we have goals for the week. We have goals for the month. We have, so that's, that's the way. Uh, so keeping people around you to help you to grow is really important to, to keep you accountable, to do what you need to do. Having a why that is really important because it's not about giving uh, my family, uh, better quality of life. It's not about money, it's about teaching them how it should be, how, what they wanna be. Mm -hmm. And I want them to look at me as a role model, for example. That is really important for me, that they, mm -hmm. they can talk about their mom and they, they can feel proud. Yeah. So I think that's it. I love it. I've noticed that business and family is, there's a lot of similarities. So you went from 
not making very much money at the supermarket, probably, to not making very much money as a preschool teacher. Yeah, yeah, making less money as a preschool teacher. And so, what was your first real estate deal like? How did you kind of break into that? And then once you broke into it, how did you know, ah, this is it? This is the thing that I should be committed to. When did you know? How did you know? What did your first deal look like? Well, 96% of my deals have been with, with my Hispanic community, and I love that. Uh, so the first deals I had, I could see that I was doing something else other than working and money. I was helping people. I was really impacting into people's life, into people's dreams. Mm-hmm. Now, is is I know it sounds a little bit ridiculous, but but it is. It is yeah. when you get. I I heard a story of a family. It was not at the beginning, but it, it was really impacting for me that they told me like uh, we came to the U.S. with nothing, 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 not a penny. Uh, we came looking for a better life because in our country, uh, we were struggling a lot, not just financially, crime, and it was insecurity. It, it was awful. So we just literally crossed the border in, looking for a dream. And they bought a $300,000 house, and wow. she was literally crying. Wow. It was like, this is the dream. Yeah. This is what I want for my kids, for my family. Being part of that, that that's why I'm like, this is my place. Because with the difference in language, you need to, to be trustable. They need to know that what you are saying is what they are signing. Mm-hmm. They need to know that they can count on you. They need to know that you are on their side looking for the best interest yeah, for, 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 for them. Yeah. Uh, that you're not just want to rip them off, that you don't want just the, the commission, mm-hmm. that you really want to help. Yeah. And not a lot of people do that. Not right. a lot of, yeah. I, we have great agents in, in, in Fort Wayne. Uh, don't get me wrong, but there are some that they're really just looking to to get the commission and so we know (laughs) there's why i knew that this is what i want to do this is where i want to stay yeah we've met a couple people that obviously care more about the commission than the client we've seen examples of that i'm like man that they did some shady stuff in my opinion they did some unethical things um but yes, finding somebody who actually like cares and is that translator is important because like, you know, we've worked with people. We just had one uh, um, on Felician Street that like we it was like it's very difficult. So then Luis uh, is translating. Luis is one of our acquisitions yes. guys. And I'm like, does she even understand what you're saying, bro? Do I need to get Cecilia in here? Cause, like, <laughs> I want to make sure that she understands exactly what's happening and stuff, because like I I'm the same way of like. I want to be so clear that you know exactly what you're signing. Like, I want I want that to be clear. I never want somebody to be like, oh, man, like, this wasn't what we agreed to or anything like that. And that's so important to have that translator. But it's also you have to have knowledge in order to do that, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's awesome that you're able to do that. And I was just thinking about the people who do come to this country. You know, there's a lot of uh, thoughts and opinions about illegal immigrants and stuff like that. And and I used to like you know kind of be upset about it too. And then I've n- I've now met some of the people and like you know it's not like they're just like I still think that you know you should do it as legal as you can. But at the same time, like if you have kids and there's people trying to kill your kids and the only thing that you can do is to save them would be to leave. Like I would leave. Like I'm gonna do whatever I can to protect. And like that is the situation that some of these people are in. Like there's uh, a guy that you s- brought to us, Carlos. And he told me some stories about like, you know, people like threatening to take his kids and stuff. And like, I'm like, man, for me, I would do whatever it takes. I don't care about anything. So I don't think that everybody really realizes like what's happening in their countries or anything like that and what they're getting away from. And again, like the dreams that you are providing, like, man, the way that some of them live to now live in a $300,000 house that you helped them get like that's, that's crazy. And you know, 
with my community, with the Hispanic community, is a little bit more uh, challenging sometimes because it's not just the language, it's the culture. Mm-hmm. And not just that, because we don't have the knowledge. When when I came into this country, I already had a master's degree, okay? And But the system is completely different. Yeah. I didn't know anything about credit scores. I didn't know anything about how to get a mortgage loan, how to, like, <clears throat> I, I just... Yeah. I was just in a new system that I needed to learn about. So that's what I try. I try to educate my community. I try to show them what's the way to do it, to show them how to, to be financially smart, to get to the point where they want to be. So uh, that has been a long process because sometimes someone comes to me, so like, Ceci, you know, I, I really want to buy a house. Okay, do you have a credit score? Uh, no. The, okay, we need to start from there. Yeah. Um, how do you get paid? Um, cash. Mm. We need to change that also. <laughs> so we start from the ber- very bottom. Yep. Sometimes the process takes a year, year and a half, and we're there with them, helping them to... Uh, get a credit card, how to use their credit cards, how to uh, handle their bank accounts, how, how to do everything. And it's a longer process than just like, oh yes, go with my friend, he's a lender, mm-hmm. he's gonna help you. Yeah. No, because if you don't know, again, with my community, sometimes uh, they need different products, different kind of loans, so I cannot just send them to my friend. Mm-hmm. No, it's like, okay, Tell me about you, tell me your story, and now I know what kind of advice I can give you. I know where to send you. I know which one is gonna be able to help us. I know where to send them to start building their credit. I know where to send them to fix their credit. I know, but that it is it's a little bit more hard work. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate? It's not like what you see on HGTV. We created a course to show you how to really invest and create a profitable flipping and wholesaling business. We show you where to find the money, how to find the deals, and how to negotiate the deals. We go over live sales calls including negotiations, scripts, role playing, and so much more. Everything that you need to know to flip houses is in this course. And if there's a video that we didn't make that you want, we'll make it for you. This knowledge has made us well over a million dollars and it's available right now for $9.97. Click the link below. Buy the course. Yeah. Yeah. You also have to know about like, uh, you know, what their status is too, like how long they're here for. If it's a work visa, if they're going to get that, do you, are you familiar with how to help people get citizenship too? Uh, yes. Okay. Kind of, but it's not that easy. Yeah. It's, it's not that easy. But yes, yeah, sometimes I have referred them to like, okay, tell me more. Tell me <laughs> like an attorney is like, yep. okay, tell me more. Tell me your story. I'm, I'm like a priest. So don't worry. Just keep going. <laughs> and uh, you hear really cool stories yeah. of different, different families. Do you have uh, like, have you ever thought about, so this is something that I did talk to Gerardo about. He was planning on making one was a, uh, like a course or like something like that where it's like because you have the same conversation a lot probably mm-hmm. and so then you could just be like hey here's a course it's a hundred dollars and then instead of you just saying the same thing every single time you're still providing them a service to where it's just like okay here's how you build credit here's how you do this here's how you do this and then it, this is a brief overview now let's have a conversation and then they'll be more educated and easier to uh understand what you're saying have have you ever thought about that? They need, no, they need that to is get that their... is a service. That is a service that we do for free. Yeah, and we have done it uh, with the YMCA. Nice. And and yeah, the thing is, of course, it's a really uh, delicate topic to talk about. So um, a lot of people doesn't want to be in sin with a lot of people that is struggling about the same. So they prefer to keep to keep it private. Mm. So it's not that easy. Not not a lot of people show where, when we do that because it's, it's too personal. Yeah. It's like even, because even between Hispanics, it's like, are uh, you legal or not? You yeah. don't ask that, you know? Mm. You don't ask that. You mm. never ask it. I need to. Oh, you to. guys don't even ask that with each other? No. Oh, okay. I need to because it, if I want to help them, I need to know yeah, what, what know the situation. Th- their situation is. But it's not normal to go around mm. asking them the, 
I, I the asked legal situation is like no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Dakota was talking about like a video course. Like you go online and you watch videos. So instead of because something that we had uh, not necessarily a problem, but just consistently noticed is that everybody would be like, "Hey, can I, I want to pick your guys' brain? Can I take you out to lunch?" And then we would spend an hour with them. But I need nine and a half hours to teach you everything I know. <laughs> and half of the lunch is building rapport, talking about work, family, that sort of thing. So it's like 30 minutes with them. And then they have so many more questions that we couldn't answer. And so that's why we built our course. That'd be a good place to put the course. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, so that's, uh, that's why we created the course, so that we don't have to continually be like, okay, this is how you build your credits. Like, hey, I need you to watch this video. And then if you have questions... We'll discuss it afterwards. Or like this is this is the homework, you know, like you got your masters. You just need them to get their, you know, bachelors and how to build your credit and buy a house 101, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, apparently you don't understand Spanish because if you go to my uh, Facebook page, I have some videos. Oh, oh good. See, there we go. <laughs> good. But they're in Spanish. Yep. So, yep. Good. That's perfect. perfect. Yeah, just do you send them to that then? Uh, it is all we talk about uh, mortgage loans, how to build credit, how to, uh, as, I, as I was saying, we Good. try to, to educate. Uh, you see my yeah, alarm? There it I is. told you. I told you. I have alarms for everything. <laughs> She's like, uh, all right, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we, we do that. We do that uh, with the different. For example, Moises Uribe, he is uh, my my lender. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yes, and he's also bilingual, and he's a real advocate to help our community also. Yep. So uh, I have invited him to, to talk about mortgage loans and how to, to get there as better as possible. Uh, Cynthia Villanueva, she's in Partners First. She helped me with building credit. So it's another person that has been uh, in my videos uh, to talk about credit score because I'm not the expert. So I try to yeah. invite the expert to talk about the topic. That's so awesome. I know, but they are the experts. Uh, so I try to show our community uh, the people that can help them that have the same culture, the same language, and they can trust. Mm -hmm. Man, we need to like start a uh, Hispanic uh, RIA. That'd be so cool. Cause then like uh, Ed Aravello and stuff like mm -hmm. that, like he could be like running that one. Cause like, you know, there is people like Carlos and stuff that was asking me if they had one. And I'm like, man, that'd be cool. Like, you know, just combine them. That'd be really cool. Cause like, I think that education is obviously important and like helping people to oh, yeah. accomplish their goals. Like you said, that's like, that's a, uh, it's like a lifelong thing for us you know it's like just very fulfilling to help people hit their dreams and goals i don't think you ever get tired of that you no. know like it's like you you will be able to do that for the rest of your life and you now feel fulfilled because you're able to help other people achieve their dreams um so yeah that's pretty cool how would you say you know you talked a lot about, about accountability in your business um do you have any sort of accountability in your family of like let's say hey you know i got you scheduled but then, you know, something came up and then I didn't go out to date night or I didn't hang out with my kids. or I didn't go to games. Do you have any sort of accountability at all, like set in place with them? Oh, yes. Yes, a lot. Uh, well, my older one is 17. Mm -hmm. So he already knows how to how this goes. He understands a little bit better. The other two are little. Uh, and my 17 years old, he's always saying like, Oh gosh, I have the Hispanic mom. Yes, I have the Mexican mom. Why? Why? Because I'm always on top of him. And I'm like, hey, uh, you need to do this. Remember, you need to do that. Remember, I am the one keeping them accountable. Mm -hmm. And he is also with me. Like, uh, you said you were going to go to my game. So I make everything around to be there for his game, of course. That's because. awesome. And also, my family in Mexico, my dad has been and I think will be forever. My, I, I always want to reach his, um, his level. He's, mm. he's so smart. He's so talented. He's so in, uh, yeah. So I, I want to, I want to be like that someday. You look up to him. That's oh awesome. yes. Yes. A lot, a mm. lot. My mom is like the Mexican mom, caring, loving, uh, 
keeping the family is the glue of the family, keeping the family together. You haven't talked to your brother. You haven't talked <laughs> to your sister. Hey, what's going on? Are you too busy for your family? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was with them last weekend, this weekend, uh, because I went to see my dad because he doesn't want to travel all the way here anymore. So I went to see him for the weekend because we're kind of busy right now here. And just having, like, lunch and dinner with them, that is fulfilling. It's like, yeah. okay, now my battery is charged again. I can keep going. So that's really cool. That's awesome. So it looks like with some of the companies that you formed and some of the relationships that you formed that you've had partnerships with people, like you talked about Moses. And so... Uh, when it comes to partnerships, how do you know if you can trust someone? And then how do you pick your partnerships? When do you decide that it's time to do one? Uh, I think it's more like uh, you try. I, I always trust people mm-hmm. until you cannot. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, I think that you cannot just say like, oh, you look like you're not trustable. Like you, you cannot judge like mm-hmm. that so i i try to give give us an opportunity because it's not give them it's give us an opportunity and if it works and it keeps working then i can refer them like hey i know he's good i know he's real i know he's trustable but his experience i think nothing else uh for example with moises he can tell you that at the beginning i didn't even like him <laughs> I was like, oh, no, screw you. Like, no, you didn't take my calls like for three, four times that I tried <laughs> and nothing. So I like, no, I think you you think you're too valuable for me. It's like, no. And one day he invited me to get lunch. It's like, Ugh, OK, that's fine. And we talked so like, OK, I'm going to give you like one opportunity. And that's it. If not, I'm not working with you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you cannot take my clients' phone calls, like, I'm not going to work with you. Mm-hmm. And that was two years ago. <laughs> and we still work together a lot. Actually, he's my partner in another company that we wow. have uh, remodeling houses. Uh, we bought one house in West Central and that we're remodeling. It's a fiveplex. And we have been learning a lot in the process because uh, buying in West Central and remodeling there hasn't been easy. Yeah, it's uh, tough. So, so it's, it's cool. Also, with uh, I, I have a really good team like Jonathan Morales uh, with insurance. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, uh, Cynthia Villanueva with Partners First. Uh, we also work a lot with Veronica Stevens with uh, American Family Insurance. Mm-hmm. And they are people that have been making my life easier, my client's life easier, and more sustainable. Yeah. So what what, com- what all companies do you have then? So it sounds like you do some rental properties, and then, because you said you bought that fiveplex, right? Yeah. Uh, are you trying to flip it? Are you trying to buy and hold it? And then what other companies do you have? So you have one where you're buying and holding property. You have one where you're the managing broker. What what what's everything that you do? Well, I well my main business is is just the regular real estate, mm-hmm. and I also have that one with Moises, and the name of the company is Relax, <laughs> Relax. <laughs> we couldn't find another better number, a better name, and uh, is the first property we buy. Well, now we have two, but that one is going to be a rental. And but is the is the only one, and I have we bought another property that we're remodeling with between Moises and I, and but that's gonna be a flip, mm. and it's a really cool house. And the other ones, I I start that other company uh, because some of my clients they cannot get a mortgage loan. It's just they cannot. It's, there's no way to get them a mortgage loan. So I buy the properties. And I sell them in line contract. So for everybody to have an opportunity, right? Yep. But that's it. And now we're going to start doing that. Nice. Like you can be the person bringing the buyer every time. Because yeah, that's something that uh, um, I was talking to Ed. Do you know Ed, by the way? Ed Aravello with AJ yes. Rentals? And yep. Sarah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. 
So he was telling us that like that's a great I haven't, strategy. I and... haven't met, met them in person, but I know them. I know who they are, and I have uh, talked to them. We had a deal one time. I refer people to them because. Good. Yep. Yeah, I so say you would like them. Yeah. You would like them a lot. I think that you guys would get along. But yeah, they're they're really great people. There are the people who manage all of our properties and stuff. We've done a lot of rehabs and stuff, and yeah, they're awesome. Um, I forget where I was going with that, so I'll just switch over to something else. So when you were learning English, when did you learn English? Okay, my mom is an English teacher in Mexico, and I never wanted to learn, never. I always said, like, why do I need to learn English, mom? Like, no, I'm, I'm, I live in Mexico, you know? I don't yep. need that. Why do you want to teach me English? I don't want to learn. I couldn't. I just couldn't. <laughs> it was, you know, I was like an A-plus student in everything else. But English, it, it was just a no. My okay. brain just didn't take it. So when I came to the U.S., I could understand here and there, but and I could communicate at Walmart probably, but nothing else. So uh, when I started working at the daycare, I decided to to start studying English, and I did it here. It was like a full-time three months in yeah, the, the school is a, the language center, I think. I don't remember, but it is a, in Ivy Tech. It's, okay. it's like an English school. I did my three, no, it was before that. I did my three months because I was tired of not being able to communicate properly. Yeah. Uh, so I took that three months course. And then just when I graduated from there, uh, my little one started with his diabetes. So it was like perfect timing because I could talk to the doctors. I mm. could, even if it was a whole new vocabulary to learn, at least I could communicate with the doctors. I was ready to do my uh, PhD in education in Texas. I did all the tests. I translated all of my documents from Mexico, everything. And I got accepted in the uh, Texas University in Richardson, Texas. Mm. I was going to move there, but uh, now I needed to learn about diabetes, not about education, right? Wow. So yeah, so it was just a learning process again. Are you letting deals fall through the cracks because you don't have good systems in place? We've been there before, and honestly, we've tried several different CRMs, and RE Simply has been the absolute best. RE Simply tracks your KPIs, does automatic follow-ups for you, and even records incoming phone calls. The system is very easy to use, and honestly, it has more features than we even know what to do with. If you're looking for a great CRM, try RE Simply today. Click the link in the description below. Check it out now. So how long ago was that? Seven years. Seven years, okay. So this, this leads into my other question then. So you learned English seven years ago, and then we talk about trusting people, and you just trust people automatically. What I found is uh, since I know language so well and I'm, like, so used to talking to people and, like, you know, used to a certain language, obviously English, and I've been around it, I can tell when people are lying to me very easily. But what I've noticed is if I... Like, let's say if I'm talking to somebody who maybe doesn't know English as well, I can't tell when they're lying to me or not because I'm like, I don't know if they're lying to me or if they don't know English all the way or like, you know, if they're having a hard time with translating or they're just straight up lying. I can't tell the difference. Did you ever have any sort of those issues or anything like that? Or So maybe I can trick you. Uh, you speak English well enough. It's going to be difficult to trick me. Um. Well, as I told you, most of my clients are Hispanic, so I mean, when you're talking to people my natural who only language. well, so how about this? So when you were speaking to Americans, did you find it difficult to trust them because there was a language barrier there? No, no. not really. No, I don't think so. Well, my husband now is American, so no. Yep. <laughs> Did they, did they ever, did you ever have anybody that did manipulate, lie, or cheat in order to, like, make more money or anything like that? Like an American? I, I had a bad experience at the beginning because as a rookie, I told the other agent, uh, like, hey, this is just my second deal, so you will need to help me out in this one. Oh, big mistake. Mm. Because she was treating me, like, bad and taking advantage of everything and until I said like okay I'm new but I'm not dumb mm -hmm. and and I'm not alone in this you know I have a managing broker uh, a 
that time Tony Didier, and yep. he's really cool. Yeah. I had Liliana uh, helping me out also. I so said like, hey, I'm not by myself. Right. And I'm not dumb. So I hope never n no one treated you the way you're treating me when you started because you started at some point. Right. And I hope never did this to you because it's, it's, it sucks. It's really bad. It's not fair. Uh, but it, it has been the only the only time. Really. Yeah, and that was that. It doesn't sound like it was the same way, though. What I mean is, like, there's a manipulation of language that you can use in order to lie to somebody. And that's what I was wondering, if anybody ever felt like they were, like, manipulating based on the language barrier. The thing is, I, I don't, I'm not scared to say I don't understand you. Can you repeat that, please? Yeah. So when you don't care, it's like, because for me, at the beginning, I was ashamed all, with, all the time and nervous. And there are people that can't tell you. I was receiving a phone call from another agent, and I was shaking. I was like, no, I, wanna, I don't want to take it. I just, I just cannot. I don't want to <laughs> take it. So I was always texting, like, oh, sorry, I cannot take your phone call right now. Can you text me, please? Because in text, it's easier. Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, translated. Yes, that's, that's translated. That's what she said to me, but she was playing FIFA with her boys so <laughs> actually yes you're right well uh but at the beginning it was scary uh but then i said like hey why this mm -hmm. is your second language yeah so if someone doesn't like the way you speak your accent or if you're asking like can you repeat that for me 20 times is their problem yep so until I don't have things clear, I never sign a document. I never uh, re give a response, nothing. I always ask. Good. Yeah, I've noticed that whenever you go into other countries, a lot of people like uh, uh, whenever you have not traveled very much, like I remember my dad used to say this all the time. I don't know if your family was like it, but they're like, oh, if you're in America, you should speak English. And then, like, it's so funny that whenever you travel, you hope that people are not like that. Because I'm like, I've noticed when I go to Mexico, everybody's real nice if you don't know Spanish. When you go over to Europe and you don't know, like, French, or if you don't know, um, where was I at? I was in uh, Rome, so Italian. Italian. Yeah, I, they literally got mad at me for, like, not speaking Italian. They're like, no, Can they you speak get it? mad at you because you speak English. Ah, that's the difference. If you go there and speak Spanish, it doesn't matter. They're really cool to oh, you, right. but they don't like because one time, actually in in Paris, I uh, tried to speak English in my really bad English at that time uh, to to the uh, cab driver, and he got so mad. It's like it's like, uh, and I said something in Spanish. He's like, oh. Where are you from? I'm from Mexico. Well, in his language. Yeah. Uh, I said, Mexico? Mexico? Here? Mexico? <laughs> and like, oh, cool, Mexico! <laughs> so they don't like English. Yes, and that's what I've noticed, too. Actually, Ruby was with us. I don't know if you know uh, Ruby yes. Jordans. Yeah, so she was with us. Same thing happened with us, a cab driver. And then when I was speaking, he did not seem very happy, but I had Ruby and her sister. They started speaking uh, Spanish to him. They, they like had a great relationship. <laughs> and, and I could they, tell that he was they upset. Like but yeah, I think that it, when you're in America and you're used to only, you know, being around people who speak English, you get used to like, oh, everybody else should speak the same language. And then whenever you go travel, then you're hoping for grace. So it's just interesting. I think that the more you travel, the more you realize like the world is not just America. And my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, he's, he's really cool. And he came one time and started talking to people in Spanish. Like, like if you could understand him, it's like, <laughs> You realize they don't understand you, right? <laughs> He's like, well, if I need to understand them when they are in Mexico, at least they can try. And he kept speaking Spanish like nothing. And they were like, uh, 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 like, okay, take your phone, take the translator, do something, yeah. do something yeah, about it. Because it if you go to Mexico, you expect me to understand you. So, and he speaks really good English. <laughs> he was just messing around. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I like to just communicate, just actually talk to people if I can. I will try to speak Spanish if I can, but... Hey, you should try. Po poquito. <laughs> you see? Estoy aprendiendo rápido. Nice. <laughs> You're doing good. Uh, Cecilia, what is your biggest struggle right now? My biggest struggle... What can be a big struggle right now? Being a mom of a teenager... <laughs> that is a big struggle. What's the struggles of it? Trying to educate a boy with a culture that is not his because he has been growing in another country with another culture. That is a struggle. 
because mm. I want to raise him that I the way I was raised, but he's been living in a different world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of his friends has different uh, mindsets and their families have different way to educate them. So that that's a struggle, I guess. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about like what are the values that you're trying to instill in him that you were brought up, and then what are the values that you feel that he's gotten from his people, and what are you trying to intertwine? I think if he can mix them in a good way and take the best of both worlds, he's going to be really successful and a really good person. What are the best of both worlds? As I always tell him, like... Um, my responsibility is not towards him, it's towards God. Mm-hmm. And if, if God sent him to me, it was to make the best of him, mm-hmm. to, for him to be the best he can be for himself and for others. So that's, that's what I'm trying to do. But it's hard. It's hard with a teenager. Mm-hmm. I was, we were teenagers at some point, and it's not they're not mature enough to understand that part. So it's like, hey, buddy, I'm not your best friend. I'm your mom. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something I struggle with because right now in our generation, we're trying to be our kids' best friends. Mm-hmm. And I think that's wrong. That I think really believe that's a mistake because there should be like a respect line in between that we are uh, crossing a lot to be able to communicate better with them, to be able to uh, be closer to them. So I, I think that's the hard part to try to be, to try to make them understand that you will be always there for them, but without being their best buddies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the best about your question, family is a big thing for us in Mexico in most of the Hispanic countries. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something he should keep, he should care about. He should care about his siblings, he should care about his family and keep us together. And from here, I think uh, you're trying always to be be better, to be more, to be best. You you have more, uh, how do you say it? I cannot find the right word. I'd say we're, as a culture, the United States is a lot more individualistic, where it's about a person's individual success. And so we focus on that person's responsibility to be great. Yep, yep. Rather than They have the more family. expectations in one person. Mm. And, and we, we are more like a group. Mm-hmm. So if he can manage to, to take the best of both sides... I think it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually going to ask about that. So, yeah, I definitely think that Americans are more individualistic, but they also, like, care more about their own, their own happiness, you know. So, like, let's say a scenario, which I know some people in a scenario. Like, let's just say that, you know, their family, one person's on drugs and, like, they're just, like, not wanting to better their lives at all. And they're kind of, like, every time you're around them, all they want to do is, like, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard the term crabs in a bucket. But if you have a bunch of crabs in a bucket, basically, if one starts to go up, the other ones, all of them will pull them down. And Here? No, He's, I'm just talking in general. in general. Crabs. Yeah. Oh. Yes. So that as the crabs yes. crawl up the bucket, if one starts to do well, the other crabs will grab it and pull it and down. pull it down, yeah. And so Dakota's saying the, uh, the allegory is uh, resembling something that actually happens sometimes where you have family members who are dragging the rest of the family down because they want to do drugs. Yeah. And so do you cut them off and say, you're not my family. You're doing drugs. I'm going to focus on my own happiness because I can't bring you up. Yeah. No. One, no. I think <laughs> you need to, to be able to help at least one. And that so, one is going to help another one. Yep. And that way you're going to... Let's change Moving it then. Forward. I'll speak from personal experience. Let's say that your entire family is the one that's on drugs, is the one that's selling meth, is the one that's making meth. That's that's your entire family. And then I'm in foster care, and now I'm left to fend for myself. 
Am I supposed to go back to them and then be like, hey, guys, you know, I'm back here. I'm just going to stay with you guys. Or do I continue to elevate, be the best that I can be, and then teach them as much as I can along the way? You Take know what I mean? one. Do what? Pick one. Pick one. What do you mean? Pick one of them. Because you by yourself, you're not going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, no, an entire family, you cannot. But you can help one. And if you can help that one, between both of you, you can help another one. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be easier. It's going to take some time. But yeah. maybe it sounds like a dream, but maybe you can. At she, least you can try. You gotta, She's going to love Sai. Yeah, I got I to. Gotta, well, I got to. So, <laughs> so, Cecilia, I got to show her the spiral dynamics hierarchy of values because we, what you're talking about is people who are in red, but you're kind of like, you know, orange blue. So I'll show you this diagram later that basically explains like when people are very egocentric, it's hard to pull them into the we, into the collective, into the purposeful family unit because they're yeah. so they're so interested in looking good and doing what they want to do and being right. Yeah. And so they're not open to change. And as soon as you can, like a lot of times what causes 18 to 25 year old men who are destructive to get out of that is something like the military or something like college or something like for Dakota, it was religion. Like he needed to convince his woman to be Christian when she was a Jehovah witness. And so he had to get into the church and into the truth. Right. Like for you, that was kind of like a pull or like a call to action. Oh uh, yeah, it was a more of an education. That was when I was like, all right, well, we're we were talking about you know different religious stuff, and then it got to the point where I'm like, well, we don't believe the same thing, and so then I had to go deeper into why I believe what I believe instead of just like, oh yeah, I believe it because this is what everybody believes. I had to be like, well, do I even believe this? Why do I believe this? And I started asking harder questions. To me, that was when I noticed the biggest shift in you from what I would call red values to blue values, which was when you went from it's all about me to it's all about the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that sometimes like uh, traditions or culture or uh, certain things like always about the family can, can in some instances obviously go down the wrong path, which is why I like what you said, you know, combining the best of both and figure out what does that actually look like and you know how can you guys keep that because obviously family is is important um but yeah look my husband my husband uh he, he has uh two siblings mm-hmm. okay and when i met him it's like um where's your family <laughs> you're like you know i want to meet your family <laughs> oh no I, I don't know i haven't seen him in a long time it's like uh but you have siblings oh yes i have two on um, where are they like oh i think they live in town like uh okay <laughs> okay so i was the one taking action i said like okay we're gonna have dinner with your siblings it's like oh what <laughs> i haven't seen them in 11 years so like yes and we're gonna have dinner tonight like oh that's awesome okay and they're super cool you know they're super cool and they they're not gonna be like super close because they haven't been never you know but at least they know what is going on in their lives they i talk a lot to his sister she's really cool (laughs) and because for me it's important you know you, you have a family i you cannot be the closest person to your family but if something happened to them you need to be there for them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just not an option. It's just family. Yeah. And that's important. <laughs> yeah. Your values. I can tell, yeah, I can definitely tell that, like, that was ingrained in you when you were younger. Because, like, that's obviously very high importance. Because for me, it's really not the most important thing. So when you say, like, you know, I, I obviously do care about my family and I do want to be there for them. And there are. But, like, at the same time, if they do not want to help themselves, I will do whatever I can, but I'm not going to force anything on them. And, uh, like, I am I will obviously be there when they ask. But at the same time, for me, it's still, like, uh, it's just, like, it's – I think about it like this. If you're, if you're going to go date somebody, right, and then let's say that you're evaluating them and their family's the worst – Guess what? They didn't pick their family. Their family, it just is what it is. Who did they pick, though? They picked their friends and the people that they do surround themselves with and the people who, you know, are... But now for them, that is family. Exactly. Yes. 
Now, for them, that is family, and that's the way I feel. It's like, man, the people that I surround myself with and the people that I choose to be around, that says more about me than what my family says about me because I didn't get to pick their decisions. I didn't get to pick who my family was. I do pick who I surround myself with, and I do know that if you surround yourself with those people who are on drugs, who are doing all those things, like I, I agree that like you know we should be around them to help them, but I can only limit my amount of time with them because like you said, I have to fill my own cup in order to help other people. If I deplete myself, what I've noticed is if I'm around those other people and I deplete myself, I'm no longer valuable to anybody. I can't even help anybody because now I'm in the same trap as everybody else. And if I get around people for too long, then you kind of do that, which is hard for people. So sometimes I believe, this is my belief, I think you sometimes have to let go of your family in order for them to hopefully come back. The thing back. is, if you all grow up with the same values, it's, it's completely different. Yeah. Why? Because it not, it, it, it's not going to be you against the whole thing. It's going to be you and probably an aunt and probably so, someone else that is also family around that circle that is 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 in struggle is struggling at that point helping out yeah so is is cultural yeah completely yeah i think there's something to be said too about the struggle because i was just thinking back on my recollection of the arevalos they mostly talked about new york they talked about like queens new york like that area just being so rough and they can they can like jokingly say like hey what about new york to each other and what they mean is remember when we were in that environment and things were completely different and we moved to here and now things are completely different again and like how thankful we are for it because we all stayed together and made the move together and so i think there's something to be said too about struggling together like suffering together yeah that's one of the reasons why dakota and i are so close and also why you know, like uh, my friend Jimmy LaRue and I, we struggled a lot together in wrestling in high school together. Like we we had to lose a bunch of weight when we didn't have any weight to lose. <laughs> <laughs> and so we got to suffer together, too. So you really get to get closer with people when you're going through hard things. And it seems as though now younger generations coming up, they don't have to. They don't have as much suffering readily available to them. They have to cre create it if they want it. They have to create it. And so, you know, being blessed is also sort of a curse because it's not just being blessed. It's like being spoiled to the point where you don't have to develop any character because you don't have to suffer. Like how yeah. important it is to struggle together in order to grow with yeah. one another. I, I think that is also a big part of uh, why I am doing what I am doing, uh, because I needed to struggle a lot to be where <laughs> I am. It's not easy. It hasn't been easy, but just keep trusting and uh, doing the best you can and never giving up. And that's that's it's, there's no there's no secrets. No. It's just easy to find a way. What it is not easy is to keep doing it every single day. That is, that is the not easy part. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, I heard our coach Kelly say, um, smart, humble, and hardworking. That's what he looks for in people. And yeah, I think that, I think that you got all that smart, humble, and hardworking. You got those three things, you'll be good. So Thank that's you. why, yeah, that's why you're doing well. Thank you. Thank you. The, the last question that we usually ask on the podcast is one about, your message to the world. So you fast forward until you're 100 years old. 100? And you're on, I hope I can be 100 years make old it. someday. We already decided. <laughs> we already decided. We projected that out into the future. Okay. But you're going to die at 100. So <laughs> you're not going to make it any further. Okay, no, no further. Okay. You're 100 and a half. And you're on your deathbed. And you're dying. But you have one final message to the world. One last thing that you can say. It could be a paragraph. It could be a sentence. It could be a, an entire lesson. This is Cecilia's message that she feels that the world needs to hear, and it resembles you. This is Cecilia's message. It's very much what Cecilia would say. And so you get one last message to the world that you think the world needs to hear. It's your legacy, how people will remember you. What is your final message? Oh, my goodness. 
Ah, it's a short time to think. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> short time to think you about my whole time. life. You're gonna okay, die. Yes, I'm gonna die. <laughs> you got 60 years to figure out this message. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think so, right? Okay. Now, uh, do the best you can while you can, uh, but never ever stop dancing, singing, and having fun, because we are sure that we have this life, and we hope we can have a better one after this one, right? But I think that's it. Just enjoy the way and do your best. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Love it. Yeah, thanks again for coming on, and uh, hopefully everybody got some value. I'm sure that they did, and Thanks for, for everything you do in the community. I know that you really are like one of the biggest real estate agents in the Hispanic community for real. Like anybody that thinks about it, I'm like, I think you're the first person that comes to everybody's mind. So we've heard your name come up a lot. So. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for everything that you do in Fort Wayne. How can our listeners get a hold of you if they want to reach out? <laughs> uh, just my telephone number is 260-210-2460 and text always text is so much easier because if I'm busy, I'm going to return that text or a phone call anytime. But if they call me, they, I can, I can miss that. Yep. I like it. Thank you guys for watching. We'll see you on the next one. Peace. <laughs>